heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. If you're watching these debates, okay, and it is painful in many cases to watch the debates, and my wife and I were both watching them, and uh, you know, and she finds them equally as annoying as I do, frankly. Um, but you know, you, you've got here, you're waiting for the breakout moments. You're not really getting them. And this particular one, in the second one. Let me put it right out there and get to the point. I, I think that Ron DeSantis did far better, much, much better. He started to sound when he, he still is not sure about himself when, he, you know, he, he's not exactly Mr. Excitement when it comes to him or comparing him to Trump. I mean, let's call it what it is. And but he's starting to, in some ways, when he speaks, he almost, you almost step back and you think, well, he could be, you know, he sounds starting to sound a little presidential, maybe in a couple of areas that's some interesting things. Uh, but he still seems a little reluctant sometimes to put a statement and make out there. And let's face it, it's a it's a big stage. And when you're running for a president of the United States, it's easy to sit here and quarterback, you know. But it's another thing to uh, to be on that stage and have to uh, perform at the highest level. Uh, wow. Uh, but I do think he had a better night, uh, and he did well, I think, overall, um, much better than I had seen the first debate or some of the earlier talks. You know, this other one, they call them number two in this, the Vivek Ramaswamy. He's become somebody quickly that you either like or you don't like uh, for a whole host of reasons. I've had people sending me messages in the past weeks asking me if I want to get him on the show. People that know him or know his circles, what have you. And I would, he irritated me so badly early on in this session, frankly, to be truth with, uh, truthful with you, that I really didn't want to have him on because I, I really thought he was a, a bit of a uh, kind of a, a booby prize, if you will. You know, uh, I really didn't see him as being serious. But the point is that he has become uh, a lot of people find very arrogant, very condescending, a little bit of a know-it-all. Uh, you know, I don't know, kind of maybe of a, uh, well, it doesn't sound maybe the young punk in the room, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know. All of that. Now, you notice in the second one, he calms some of that down. So his uh, advisors are telling him what the polls are saying and what people are saying, why he irritates a good part of the public. And then if you want to gel and you'll notice there's been some transition and changing going on uh, throughout uh, these debates. Uh, but uh, but anyways, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he's not going to be president. I, he, you know, better shot at being mosquito control than president at this point, to be sure. Um, but, you know, when you're at that point, you're like, you know, I, I guess what I've discovered, I don't know about you. What I've discovered is, you know, we really don't start to get our brains until we're in our 30s, frankly. And, and that's in the early part of it. And we don't really get, you know more informed and educated on what's really going on until our 40s and 50s, frankly. And then finally, we figured it out, you know, when we've got an oxygen machine and uh, we're on our deathbed, I figured the deal out. I mean, how sick is this life, really, though? Think about it, you know. When we're young and beautiful and ready to take on the world, we're stupid, naive, and don't have it figured out. And then later on in the world, we say, oh, there it is, man. I mean, is that not the truth or what? You know, isn't that the truth? 
you know, we get old and frail and then we, we look like shit, but we certainly sound a lot better. Like we know what we're doing. So I don't know. I don't know. It just annoys me. I wish God had a different plan there. Gave his brains earlier and kept our looks later. Uh, just saying, just saying. So I don't know whether that's Vivek Ramaswamy's problem or what it is, but uh, his lack of experience, but his lack of intelligence, is his lack of waving his fingers around. He looks like he's a traffic cop in the city of uh, 5th and 24th here and, uh, you know, uh, directing traffic somewhat. He's always got his finger up. I'm not sure if it's to check the way the political winds are blown or to get the attention of the moderators. I'm not sure, but you get my point, friends. I, I don't know that he's going anywhere too fast there. Uh, Nikki Haley has become, uh, yeah, I, I think both my wife and I looked at each other and thought she just really came across, I thought, as just a moron, uh, frankly. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, I, I mean, I know uh, we'll see what others think on the show today. I've got uh, Wally coming on shortly, and Steve will be here with us, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But I got to tell you, I, I just, she just overtalks everybody. She screams. She shrieks. She doesn't look sophisticated. She doesn't look presidential. She just, I don't know. She looks like a screaming nut job. She overtalks everybody. And that was the problem with this debate. Everybody was talking on top of each other. Shut up. And somebody talk and somebody don't talk. You're starting to sound like the Hannity show. Huh. I mean, really, though, everybody's overtalking everybody. I mean, and. You know, then you can't hear anybody. I mean, surely these moderators didn't know what to do about it. Uh, Stuart Varney's a nice guy, but he doesn't belong as a moderator either. I think Dana Perino did a better job than she did and the than the uh, other lady, uh, the Univision gal. And uh, I, I, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm just saying, I, he's like more subtle. I, I just don't think he could control the thing. Um, Dana's the one that pushed back a few times and was getting irritated from the clown acts. Uh, to be sure, but she needed somebody with a stronger arm in there to tell them. In fact, she threatened at one point, Dana, to shut the mic off. I wish they would have done that a dozen times uh, with a few of them because it just becomes disrespectful and you can't hear anybody, man, when everybody's talking over each other. I mean, make your point and then shut up. And let somebody else make their point. That's what you have a conversation. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that you didn't get that with that debate. It was just a train wreck. But Nikki Haley... I don't know. She's she's really um, I, 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 again, I don't think she's in the position to uh, to, to be um, where she wants to be on this. But uh, uh, there's something about her that I think is going to rub a lot of conservatives the wrong way. Now, first of all, she's an interventionist. She's going to have us involved in all kinds of foreign affairs and things. And maybe that's her little trip at the United Nations as to why she thinks she is that expert. But that, in a sense, incenses me because. I don't want a president who's going to have us involved in all these affairs everywhere. At this point in my life, I want to see us start to take care of our own people and our country before we can start to do a lot of this other stuff around the world. I'm just saying, people, keeping it real. You know, I'm not a libertarian in the sense of this mindset that people have, like it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. But I am saying we need to, you know, do our thing and fix our own environment and <laughs> You know, there are problems we have right here we can't even get to or pay for before we worry about funding this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, it's become crazy how these politicians are uh, are dealing with this. Uh, many of the others, Tim Scott, showed a lot more. Obviously, his advisors are telling him, you've got to wake up, Tim. You can't snooze through the whole thing. You know, oh, okay. You know, so he, yeah, I like Tim Scott, but he, he's just been non-effective everywhere. I mean, you know, this Mr. Nice Guy, 
you know, Gomer Pyle sort of thing doesn't really play well uh, in this forum. This is an eat or be eaten contest and an eaten or be eaten world, to be sure. But Tim Scott was more uh, aware, more awake. Somebody probably gave him some smelling salt, I guess. Chris Christie, he's a bigger doofus and a jackass than I gave him credit for, frankly. Uh, I really do mean that. This guy, uh, the good thing about it is we've probably seen the last of Tim, Chris, and Doug Brigham than you're going to see because they're going to fall out. Uh, probably before the next, they probably won't qualify for the next one. They certainly haven't at this point, uh, but some of them have. The front four runners have qualified for the third debate. These others have not, and hopefully they won't, frankly, uh, because they're a non-event. Christie is just on a on a smashing tour about Trump, getting to the camera, talking about Trump as, you know, coward and all of this. Trump's just playing it smart. He says, let's call it as it is. I mean, if you're the front runner, you got to, why would you play? Why would you become sitting in that form of chicken and play with these people? If you're that far ahead, I would do the same thing. I'd sit and watch that stuff from afar. And, you know, then you position yourself as a different kind of leader and not playing with that group. And I think that's kind of important here with this. So I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, I think that Trump is, is playing it right. Um, but uh, this, uh, Chrissy, and of course, Asa Hutchinson wasn't on the stage. Uh, thank God. He's another doofus that uh, does nothing. Um, but uh, that's kind of my size up quickly on some of this, I think, for anything or anybody that mattered, uh, friends. I don't know what you got out of it as well, but uh, is it going to prove anything in the end? That's the question. And is it going to is it going to change anything? And because right now, um, you know, the, the polls are not changing that way very much at all. In fact, let me just say this much. Uh, the Trump campaign uh, overnight came out and called to end the debates. That yeah, was good. That was good. Uh, Chris Savita uh, there, an advisor to Trump, uh, he trashed the debate and his his people, his, uh, you know, spokespeople for the campaign uh, told the RNC to nix the future debate plans and back the candidate. They say tonight's GOT, GOP debate was as boring and inconsequential as the first debate. And nothing that was said will change the dynamics of the primary contest being dominated by Trump. President Trump has a 40 or 50 point lead in the primary election and a 10 point lead over Joe Biden in the general election. And they're going to be reminding people of that. That was that poll that they did that came out to show he was kicking Joe Biden's backside there. Um, to defeat Biden. We'll see what the next group of polls say, because they were trying to, you know, the liberal media, of course, were saying there was an outlier and all of this, of course. Uh, they finished a statement saying the RNC should immediately put an end to any further primary debate so we can train, uh, train our fire on crooked Joe Biden and quit wasting time and money that could be going to evicting Biden from the White House. OK, so that's the official word from the uh, Trump campaign. Uh, and uh, the um, some interesting things too. I want to get some other interesting points here in regards to uh, to Trump. But uh, so, anyways, I don't know what you all think about it out there. Wally, let me get you on here and tell me what you think about some of these opening remarks here. Um, you know, I, I gave kudos for where I thought, what I didn't think there, uh, as far as this one here goes. I don't know. Uh, what what did you learn from this thing? Anything much? Nothing. Uh, it was kind of like <laughs> watching a bunch of quadriplegics wrestling for the WWF. Nobody changed I like anything. It. But I like that's that's. I don't know. 
Trump has changed the nature of debate. So it's no longer just about I make a better point than you do, but we're all we're all colleagues up here trying to decide who has the best ideas. Trump is a wrestler. You know, his thing is that he is a fighter and that's what he does. He comes out swinging. But when we see these guys trying to do what Trump does in a debate, it just it doesn't work. It's Why is progress. that? That's a good point you bring up. Now, hold on to that point there one sec, because I'm thinking, I was thinking if Trump was there now, okay? And you know right away, if there were two or three people over talking to each other, my uh, my guess is the camera would probably go right to Trump and watch what was happening. Everything is, I mean, Trump has really gained that sort of camera exposure and respect, but the others can't get that, can they? No, it's not their personality. They're trying to be Trump and they're not. Right. Well, is that what Nikki Haley's doing with her? Uh, I mean, you know, I I hesitate to actually say because then people accuse you and they say, well, is that because she's a woman? I, I mean, I hope not. I don't think so. I think it's more or less because she's not making any sense and she's screaming over top of everybody. But she had enough firepower to go after three or four of them. If you notice that, Wally, she tried to. She had some her and Tim Scott were laughing as they were shooting each other in the foot, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Nikki Haley is her own worst enemy. If you watch Trump in the debates from 2016 or or from uh, whether the Republican debates, particularly in 2016, the interesting thing wasn't how often he interrupted people, but how often he did not. Trump was bombastic when it was his turn to speak, but he really didn't interrupt people all that often. And it's not an effective tactic to interrupt people. All that shows is that you want to shut them up. And I that's think how you're she on, came across. I think you're onto something with that. I think you're onto something with that. That's that's how I would actually size that up. Um, yeah, he had a talent to know when. Yeah, well, what did I say? What did I say minutes ago? Yeah, you have to know what when to talk and then when to shut up. You gotta let the other people seek themselves, and that wasn't happening with some of them. Now, the other one I will say to you though, Wally, in full confession, that I think is actually doing better with the strategy you just laid out thinking about last night now is Ron DeSantis. He knew, he seemed to me like he was more on his game. He knew when to talk and he knew when to shut up. It seemed to me he didn't get into, he just had a lot more class. I thought last night that a Nikki Haley did as surely a Chris Christie or any of them were, of course, Vivek was, he was like a deer in headlights last night. He didn't know which it's like a different Vivek Ramaswamy showed up last night than the previous, but you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you said the exact right thing when you said he listened to his handlers. Unfortunately, his handlers are telling him not to be him. The problem Vivek has is that nobody likes him. And it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> when people hear him speak with other people there, he's just not a likable person in a public context, unless he's alone. If he's alone, he makes a lot of sense. As soon as somebody questions him on something or challenges him on a point, uh, he, he sounds like that bad professor you had in college who just told everybody yeah. to shut up. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? He. I'm just thinking now, going through my mind as you say this. Okay, so what happens when he does that with what you say? He sort of grits his teeth. He puts his finger up in the air again, and he'll and his voice raises, and he'll double down on some point. Yeah, but but you know, and that's yeah, what he does. He's like a he like acts, a what? What is it? He acts like a Girl Scout that hasn't sold enough cookies. Oh, that's a good description. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let, let's ask Steve. Steve, is that possibility? Girl Scout not selling cookies for um, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy? What's your opinion of him? You like him, by the way? Um, you know, I I try. I have tried really hard to be neutral <laughs> on all these guys. Um, but no, I cannot say that I like Vivek. Um, I can't say that I like any of them. And I, my personal gut feeling is that 
uh, Trump won again by a landslide by his absence, because, you know, when you listen to all of it, it when you if you can sort through the cacophony, all of the chaos and try to bring something sensible out of it. Um, all I keep thinking is, wow, Trump really did the sensible thing here because he has separated himself uh, in so many different ways. I mean, physically, he separates himself, uh, but also by his message. He's just saying, look, America is in dire straits right now. And he is really the only one who's saying, look, our real mission, our real goal here in this election is to end the deep state, end the cabal, end the so-called Biden regime, which is not run by Biden. Um, and Donald Trump is just spelling it out. And so while they're debating and making all this noise that I, I mean, I, I have to agree with what uh, Ron DeSantis said last night after the debate, he says, if I was home watching this thing, he said, I'd turn the channel and that's exactly where I was at last night after watching more than half of this debate. I just said, I can't handle this anymore. I just well, it actually got better in the second half and more toward the end. You watched the worst part of it, which 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 actually was reported on. A bunch of people tuned out what you just did, Steve. Uh, per, yeah. through first, It was such a circus. They tuned yeah. it off and went there. I forced myself to watch it toward the end just to see because I wanted to report on it today. Uh, it, it is painful. I, I won't lie to you. You know, yeah. I, I want to say something to your point. The one thing I noticed I remembered is that Trump talked more about the policies and what it would take to make America great. As I was thinking about all the things on the economy and inflation and world affairs, he was very articulate with that. This cast of characters spends too much time punching each other in the gut with no substance. That's what I'm That's finding. Right. You see That's what right. I mean? and, yeah. And, and to that point, Malcolm, um, what I see when, when Trump speaks about any issue, um, you know, he, he'll say it in, in the Trumpian way, you know, the New York style or whatever. But you know that when he is speaking, he's talking about a real problem that is hurting America. And he brings that point home. It's hurting you. And Trump at least conveys the idea that, you know, I am putting everything on the line for you guys. They're not after me. They're after you. And I am doing all I can. Well, to he, he, he is a blue collar guy like us, uh, Steve. I mean, he's, he's yeah. regular folk, yeah. you know, he's regular people. I mean, in the sense of uh, uh, his talk and the sense of how he relates to things, which is That's hard right. to do for somebody like that in that position. You know, the other thing Chris Christie said, which was so bogus when he was looking at the camera and trying to call Trump a coward, what have you. He said that he was afraid to come on and talk about because he didn't have any substance or any policies. And I just about nearly fell off my chair when oh, I heard yeah. him it say that. It just makes you want to vomit. Right. I mean, what, what sense is there to that statement? It's so untrue. What, what is Chris Christie is an embarrassment to the world. He should not be on that stage, period. That's my opinion of him. Yeah, I, I don't understand how he fits into the uh, conversation. He's become, and it's not just my, uh, and I'm obviously, well, first of all, he's polling, what is it, less than a per percent. These cats don't even have 1%, most of them. And right, the, they the won't be there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so they're not going to be able to maintain because now the stakes go up for the third debate and they're not going to keep them there. So I suspect you're probably not going to see much of any of these cats anymore and probably just be a handful left. By the third debate gets here in November, it's going to be off a little bit, you know, right? Right. What I'm real curious about is if and when Donald Trump decides to come to a debate, how many people will there be? And all I'm thinking based on Trump's past performance is God help these people yeah. who go against him because he knows how 
to he knows he's very eloquent with his speech in, in certain ways and he'll take him down yeah yeah he, he, yeah in a debate he's uh he's uh, definitely uh fearless and uh was not afraid to put it out there in the real context of the conversation and and that's that's what it takes to win these things it, whether or not he gets to a debate or not is an interesting quandary to throw out there actually uh, because right now he's so far ahead that if this thing now comes to the next debate and whatever, the third and fourth is the primary season begins to come to a head and people start to vote early in the year, uh, you know, then it will talk more about some of these hazards coming up and indictments and other things that are kind of in the way or or not. Uh, but in other words, he may, if somebody doesn't make any ground and they still split the field up, which Dana Brino pointed that out actually more than once, so you all who's going to get voted off the island. In other words, if you all just keep doing what you're doing, he's got such a far lead, no one's going to be able to take him down anyways. He may not get to a primary debate, uh, Steve uh, Wally. He may not be able to do it. I mean, you know there's, what I'm saying? There's a downside to that form, and it's a big one. What is it? Trump is doing all the right things in terms of winning the Republican primary by not being there. What he's saying is, I'm elevated above everybody else. You don't need to listen to them. I've already won this, so this is a, cir a circus. And then they're helping him by you know, making it look like a circus. Uh, the downside is that in the general election, Trump wants to debate Joe Biden. Trump wants to get Joe Biden on the debate stage as many times as he can and wants to let Joe Biden speak as frequently as he can. That is a great point. That is, in, uh, Steve, that is a big point, Wally, you put out here. And I want to tell is, you why. But, yeah, because this is a be different realistic. animal today. What? Well, let's be realistic, though. That is not going to happen be simply because Biden is... Um, physiologically, mentally incapable of debating. They'll never let it happen. It'll be so. How are they going to stop that? You have to have presidential debates. Uh, how are they going to stop that? Well, they've already said that they, that he will not debate. I mean, look, he lived in his basement uh, through the last election cycle, and um, he survived. I mean, how can you even put what you know? You talk about all these primary. Uh, contestants for the presidency, nobody is in a class with Trump, but even less so is Biden a contestant. You know, he he can't hold up to but Trump. But Steve, last that. time, well, let me interject here. Last time you had COVID, you could play the basement game and get away with it because they were still pushing and promoting that heavy. And this is how they ballot harvested and did all the things they did, changed all the rules, and we get all of that. But they literally kept Biden off the campaign stage totally and blamed it on the pandemic. They're all walking around with masks on and everything else. And it, this was all played to that narrative. They don't have that this time. Unless they come up with some other, other order of a pandemic or a crisis, Steve, I don't see how they keep Biden off a presidential debate stage. I, I don't see how I do. that can happen. Malcolm, yeah. they, all they're going to say is that by not debating in the in the Republican primaries, Trump already created the precedent. And I'm then not if sure they that have flies to go in further, the general election, though. Yeah. It flies a hell of a lot worse if, if, if Trump shows up in the primary debates. Yeah, but I don't I don't think that you, I, I don't see them being able to compare the two of those things to what you're saying uh, that that's going to fly. I mean, we're talking the we're talking about the presidential debates now. Well, you always have to have presidential debates. I mean, you can't not not have that. Even last year in COVID, they had those with but yeah, but that. You're talking about having a free republic. We are now opposing <laughs> a government that wants nothing of a free republic they don't want debates they don't want an election oh, and right. they have proven that beyond any any doubt they have stolen the elections 
Well, I like what you say there, uh, Wally. I like what Steve puts out there. He's questioning the back and saying to me, well, that's if you're going to depend, uh, you know, pretend that you're going to uh, that we have a fear deal going here. Do you buy that as well? I do. And I think the other excuse they're going to give for not debating Trump is they're going to come right out and they're going to say we refuse to give this guy a platform. They're going to say he's a terrible individual. He's a criminal. He's a racist. Yeah. And we're not going to engage to give him a platform. We are not going to elevate him to somebody that you should consider. They're just going to completely blow. They're going to act like he's not worthy of looking at and they're, they're blowing him off. But yeah. they're, the other thing they're going to say, which is which is going to be the one thing that I think gives him a little bit of credence is, you know, he didn't want to debate. So why should we? Right. No, I think the first thing you just said there is actually the answer. I think you have a viable point. I don't think the second one flies well, but that first one that absolutely does. Uh, bad individuals being indicted. Uh, we can't stoop the president to this level. I do think you're right there. That could fly. That could fly. In other words, they're going to have to pull out the Joker card somewhere out of the card deck is what you're saying, Wally, right? I mean, they say, here it is. Here it is. Can't do it, right? Can't do it. Yeah. Well, my yeah. contention is that they will come up with some excuse for Biden yeah. not to debate. And that's simply based on, on just his medical history. He is incapable. Well, we know of... you're right logistically there, Steve. But I think the point that Wally brings up is really a better answer in the fact that, you know, the, the, in other words, Steve, the guy's a bad guy. The guy's got indictments. The guy did the guy did a January 6th thing. He did an insurrection. We're not putting him on a debate stage and qualifying all that, Steve. That's the right. Deal. And I right. And Wally, what, what you said, I think, is very plausible. I agree with you. I think that um, that they will come up with something like that. And, and the irony of it is just amazing, given what Biden has really done and, and what Trump really has not done. Yet the accusations are to the contrary. So, yeah, it's, we're going to this is going to be just another farce, the whole thing. Um but uh, I don't know. I, it'll be very interesting to see if we even do have the election, too. Well, a lot of people are thinking that as well, uh, Steve, uh, Wally. But uh, I'm not. Uh, I mean, if any of that happens from what you're both speaking about, then it means we are in an unprecedented moment. Uh, and I know a lot of people feel that's already there. It's hard to fathom. If any of that happens, then all bets are off. All bets are off, people. Then you're in a whole nother world environment. It tips this whole thing right over to the other side. And uh, immediately, I mean, there's no pass and go. There's no collecting the 200 in the Monopoly game of life then, for sure. It changes everything. I, I I don't subscribe to that. I still believe we are going to have an election. I'm not in the, if it doesn't happen, then again, I mean, then the script is flipped right over and there's no I mean, we're, it's sort of there. I mean, what can I tell you, people? Then we can get on here and just talk about doom and gloom. And, um, you know, we'll all be talking underground at that point because uh, we'll all be taking down a few pigs on the outside of this thing. I have to believe there's some part of a republic still left here, some part of a constitution. I know it's injured right now, but I have to do. I do believe the election will take place. I do be I do believe the Biden uh, cabal will have a hard time debating I, I think to steve's point he's right it, to debate in trump or DeSantis. and here's the thing the biggest strategy we'll talk about here is their goal right now is again it, what did i say to you in previous times it's a race to the white house if they can get trump indicted before they can pull him out of that narrative but still biden on it, like to steve's point debating anybody to debate in trump or DeSantis or the local Boy Scout, 
to be on your toes. And, you know, because you're not going to be able to have a teleprompter. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to have that. And so how do they make him up for that sort of a thing when he's become more frail? He's become more disconnected. Uh, he, he's it's become very apparent since the last go around it's, and this thing just continues to get worse. Now his internal health and his uh, mental capacities to be able to deal with this on any level. So do you see, I think that is a moment. There's still talk now of pulling him off the presidential stage and putting somebody else in there, but they're running out of time. Uh, there are a bunch of States now in the next two months that he won't be able to get on the ballot. And the first one that tips over is Nevada. And that'll be happening. And then the others, there's a, about a dozen or more of them that begin to trip right up after that. Then they won't be on the ballot. So they're running out of time, the Democrat Party, to do something. And they probably can feel the squeeze. But they also, Joe Biden, my fellow Americans, is the perfect stooge right now to put in this position. If you want somebody you can control and manipulate and somebody who is already a bit brain dead, he qualifies. And when I say a bit brain dead, he's always been that way throughout his entire political career. Uh, even as a senator, he was a bit uh, numb and very much not an intellect then. Uh, he he never was a bright guy, ever. Uh, he was really a dumber than a box of rocks, as they say. And that's just the truth. That's There's nothing um, fabricated when I make that statement. I mean, go back and look at some of the stuff he did as a senator and you can't believe he's the, and that's that's really another sad state here. It's hard to even imagine that we're talking about, you know, oh man, you know, is he the best of the best in America that we would send to DC to represent us? I mean, come on. I mean, is he the best? Of course he's not. He's not the best of the best, even as a United States Senator uh, or anything. And certainly not as a vice president, which is why Barack Obama chose him because he needed some white dude who was a racist that he could put in. He was a perfect white dude who was a racist. And uh, he was also a guy that was dumber than a box of rocks that would just go along with whatever the hell Barack Obama did, which allowed him to juice up the, the deep state, the establishment with all of these players. And that's why we're having trouble today in the bureaucratic state was all those eight, eight big years. Obama was able to pull this country down, sadly. And I railed against it every day of those eight years because I seen it happening. And it was almost to me like it was happening in slow motion, you know, really though. And I, I knew it was gonna, we were gonna pay a price. I just never realized it was gonna be this bad. And this is the price we'd pay for it. But but we surely are uh, paying that price, friends. Uh, well, uh, turning the attention to where this is going right now, the the whole point, and there's, a, there's an interesting piece I, I do wanna, talk to you about what, not only some of the polls and what they're saying exactly, but these indictments and all. And I'm inter I've been following a lot of the media reports and what they're saying about these indictments. And, you know, part of the popular belief was that they would try to get him indicted or really strung up, uh, which is what they're going to try to do is keep him off the campaign trail in 2024. But there are those that believe now they're not going to be successful. There are, from reports that I see, the heat is on to Jack Smith and company uh, to be able to try to get him locked up before then so that it makes it that much more difficult because the closer he gets to that program, the more these people, their hair is going to be on fire. You're going to be seeing absolute lunacy in the country if he gets anywhere near uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, people are going to lose their collective minds and but now they're thinking that could happen. 
So now I think the game is changing quickly. And what depends on what happens in the next two or three months, I'm starting to believe that he may have a path now to get to the White House. And I wasn't sure two months ago based on how much they were juicing it up. But I am going to suggest to you right now, based on everything I see in the last few days here, I think there very well is a path that could bring him and take him right into the White House. And i got to tell you what, we're talking about an all-out an all-out event that will change the country in ways that is hard to describe right now. And it's going to be a moment uh, for the country. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight between the Marxist left and uh, America first. That's what we're talking about here. That's the fight right there. Okay, friends, AmericaOutloud.news is the place we need you to get to and share the out loud truth. Uh, we're doing some pretty pretty significant work on the platform, as you see. We'll be juicing up a lot of things coming into the election. We're also working on some other massive projects and ideas that will uh, propel this, uh, not only this, uh, this conversation forward, but our uh, talk radio schedule uh, with, uh, you know, new ideas, new thoughts, and uh, um, and really uh, expand, well, even things I want to tell you about expanded technology, expanded servers, expanded security, things of that nature that we are working on very much so. So uh, so that's, that's the deal there, AmericaOutloud.news, check it out. Uh, also, let me just continue to inform you about AmericaOutloud.shop. It's become quite a place, and we see that because we see the folks that are going there now. These are all tremendous products that will help you live a more quality life, but help you coming into now the fall season or the flu season uh, to be able to fight the long COVID and the, uh, the, the vaccine injuries, which are substantial, substantial problems people are having. We have a lot of ammunition, a lot of products, but also a lot of shows and doctors and conversation on the platform here as we continue to help people rebuild their lives from this catastrophe that was known as the bioweapon, that was SARS-CoV-2, that uh, really is going to be a mass murder event, a genocide, if you will. It will come down, and future historians will be seeing this moment of time, what took place there. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about here, the big stuff there. Also, you see the impeachment inquiry going on here. Uh, that is quite fascinating. Uh, and the government shutdown. And we've been following it over the last few weeks. Uh, then you'll know where I sit on that one there. Uh, so we'll continue on in just a moment here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Join you back here in at uh, Malcolm at 8, uh, and it is the voice of a nation, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Monday through Friday is the broadcast on America Out Loud Talk Radio on the iHeartRadio Network, of course. And, uh, of course, you, you know how to connect. We have all the free apps on Apple, Android, Alexa, that media player. A lot of networks were on. All the shows go to podcasts. You know the drill. And it's all back. If you just go to AmericaOutloud.news, the main site, there's so much there. and. Uh, so check it out and uh, and uh, get connected. Uh, now, all right, want to get to uh, talk about a couple of different things here, but he, here's the crux I, I think is important to touch on. Uh, and um, there's talk about a Trump indictment before the election. So Politico uh, reports, uh, the former president is lapping the field early in states on uh, national surveys by as many as 35 points. Uh, unlike early this year, gone is the expectation that Trump's legal woes could eliminate the front runner from the primary field. Now, this is political report on this, and, and I've seen a bunch of reports like this past days, and they say this, and I quote here, I don't think anybody believes that he's going to be convicted of anything before the election in November of next year. And uh, this is a one. This was a, a quote from Iowa Republican strategist David Gutschel, who worked on both of Romney's presidential campaigns as well as Jeb Bush's. So we know where he falls in the uh, uh, the Rhino uh, camp there, uh, because both uh, both of those cats, Bush and Romney, would be able to uh, lead the uh, Rhino USA uh, campaign, to be sure. Uh, so, but and I've seen a lot of reports like that, which I'm kind of. Happy to see people thinking that that's the case. Also, things are moving very slow, I'm seeing, with these various indictments. And they're going to continue to move that way. So other than them trying to um, tie him up, which they're going to try to do that. But, you know, right now we can see Trump has been able, he's been disciplined by keeping himself off the uh, national debate stage. Not so disciplined within the the, uh, true social commentary that he puts out there that uh, fuels a lot of the fire, of course. And he's probably a little more disciplined there, maybe. Um, They're still trying to handicap him in a lot of different ways. Uh, So, 
All right. That point I just say right there, Steve, this is Steve Wally. Let me get your opinion. I want to you want to get to this shutdown and these inquiry here. So real fast, want to move here. This point that I'm seeing all these folks now think that this um, uh, that, you know, they're not going to be able to get them locked up before then. I think when you really understand the gravity of this, I think it's pretty safe to say this just it's justice is not going to move that quick enough uh, or injustice, however you want to look at it. Um, to be able to do that. So what do you think about that? Uh, is this, you agree with what political puts out there? Well, political starting with the assumption that he's guilty of something and perhaps fraud in the New York case, he was found guilty there. I haven't gone through all the evidence there. No idea whether or not he actually committed fraud in New York. I know the allegations I've seen of it, probably not, but he, he could have. And I think they do possibly have him on uh, telling a, uh, telling an IT worker to delete some video, in which case that could be construed as obstruction of justice. But other than that, they don't really have him on anything. All of the charges against him, you know, it's, it's, it's they don't yeah, really I'm not have talking about, I'm not talking about whether he's going to be guilty or unguilty. I, I mean, I, I, and I don't dispute anything you just said, but here's the thing, Wally, uh, you know, we can debate all of those things, but, but that's not even where we're at here. And I'll tell you why. When, when you're in the hands of a jury, and a grand jury, and you're in hands that you just never know the way the wind is going to blow in any bit. So that's not even what I'm talking about. But what I'm asking is, do you think the system, can they keep them off successfully? Does he, you know, it really is a race to the White House. If he gets there first before he gets hung up where they're making a, a let me put it that way, Wally, it, before they're making a ruling on this thing, before they rule on any particular indictment. Do you think that gets stopped off before he gets there? Do you see what I'm saying? The time game, the calendar game? Oh, I absolutely see what you're saying. I guess what I'm saying is that there's no intent to actually finish these things. What they want to do is <laughs> drag these out and tie them up as much now, as Now, do you think can. that's the case, Wally? That's interesting you put that out there. Do you, you uh, True here. Do you, do you really believe that in your heart of hearts? I have to believe that when I look at the actual charges against him, he's not guilty of anything with the possible exception of obstruction of justice. The rest of it's just smoke and mirrors. Right. So if all they have are smoke and mirrors, and what are they doing? They're showing you the smoke well, and the mirrors. Uh, you bring up a good argument here. It's a darn good argument to have. Uh, Steve, I don't know if I, I, I I'm kind of, well, I'd like to say I, I hope Wally's right, but I'm not sure that he is in that case. I think they really do want to put him behind bars and lock him up for good. And I think that's their intent. What do you think? Um, I think Wally's words are comforting. And I think that's what everybody does want to believe. It's like, yeah, they're trying to just tie him up, make him less effective. But the problem is that it's backfired. But no, I, I, I see just the opposite happening. I see a desperate animal that is fighting now for its survival. Because if Trump does make it to the White House, right. he understands fully that we as Americans, as constitutional Americans of a free republic do have a duty and obligation to uh, abort and fully abolish this government, that we are under attack, we are at war, and this is not just another election. This is something far more than that. So I think, no, I think, Malcolm, that the left, um, the Marxist left, as you call them, is um, an enemy that has to be hmm. destroyed, and they see us likewise as someone who must be destroyed completely otherwise remember if they cannot destroy america then they're going to have one awful time trying to proceed with yeah. the globalist manifesto if you will yeah interesting you really got me thinking with some of that steve a very fascinating uh analysis there um 
and I want to come back to some of that. That's significant, friends, that uh, Steve puts out there. Uh, in other words, um, you know, what, what this whole motive and how does it play out? So if Trump gets to that Oval Office before all this happens, right? I mean, think about that moment. And I often talk about a revolutionary moment or a, you know, we, we, the, the compare and contrastion of a revolutionary war, uh, the mindset, I'm talking about a mindset, not an actual war, people, but a revolutionary war moment or a civil war moment, you know, it's us and the big beast or within the divide of the people. And it's a combination of a lot of those things. But imagine with the White House, with him there, and Steve, what you point out, what really happens, does it become a moment back to dismantling this globalist communist takeover from the Marxist left? Because if that's the case, it, it either becomes a celebratory, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, uh, 250-year mark, the semi-quincentennial, or it does not. It's two paths. It's, it's one or the other depending what happens with that mode. Let's come back to that. I, I, that's what fears, that's what I'm fearful of right now. We're come, it's like, this thing is boiling now to a point. The good thing is, you know, instead of being wishy-washy, we're going to know something. Frankly, at this point, I looked at my wife the other day and I said, you know, I said, I, th I think it's time for a revolutionary moment in the country. She said, you really think so? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I said, this is out of control. She said, you know, and she, you know, not nearly as confrontational as I am. So are, you, are you sure that I said, well, I, I don't see any other way forward, love. I said, but frankly, I'm ready to take it on right now. So, oh, my golly. Wow. You lost your mind here. I mean, that really happened, guys. That really that conversation. I'm, I'm divulging that now with you all, divulging that with with uh, the listeners. I don't know that I should have put it out there, uh, but uh, but I did just the same. What do you think? Well, Malcolm, you know, I think that opinion that you just expressed there, and you put it as gently as possible. Huh. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that opinion is growing. I think there is an ever-increasing army of uh, constitutionalists, uh, nationalists who want to preserve the union, want to preserve our free republic. And I think that I don't see them ever doing it. I don't think they will succeed in putting Trump away in prison and all, because I think wow. that would be, um, I wouldn't call it a revolutionary moment. I would call it an all out revolution in this country. I think that's what it would trigger. And I think the left wrestles with this because yeah. deep down, they don't want to acknowledge it, but I think. They we, I like that, but I want them to wrestle with it, Steve. I Absolutely. Want to, I want, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they're listening to yeah. our conversation right now. They yeah. monitor all of us. I want them to yeah. hear this, yeah. that the world is not going to take your crap. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what's right. going around the whole globe right now. You know, I think so. Time. I think so. Very interesting. Okay. We'll, we'll come back. This is really a very a good thing. We, we got to come back to that conversation we just had uh, in future broadcasts. I think it's a big one. It's an important one. But it's a, it's a fascinating one as to what transpires there. Because this fight is global in sense. And it's right here on our doorstep right now. I want to talk to you briefly here about this uh, government shutdown. Matt Gates uh, is pretty well at the head of that class and being defiant uh, about a uh, short-term funding, a, a stopgap solution, a continued resolution, if you will, 
what they always do there. Uh, and um, he says they think they have enough to block it uh, as frequently as they need to. Uh, he told the Washington Post that. Uh, and um, Representative Bob Good uh, out of uh, Virginia, the Republican, uh, says uh, uh, who, uh, who he's been kind of siding with the holdouts with Gates, uh, but he and and supporting Gates and the rest of them. But he just recently came out and said he would uh, con- consider a continual resolution, had earned his support. He, he said for a moment there was hope among other leadership that many others would be swayed too. But in the week since that meeting, they, they've had some behind the closed doors meetings, meetings is what's happening here. Uh, it looks like Gates is winning the fight. He says he's got at least 10, 12, maybe that are going to dig in and be uh, opposing a short term funding gap uh, with these uh, legislative priorities they're trying to push through here. Uh, now, Combine the the post says this statement here. I want you both to listen to this here. Combine these hard right holdouts represent about two percent of the U.S. population, but they account for one hundred percent of the votes. Halton plans to speak with Kevin McCarthy to keep the government open. So here's the question: Might a GOP shutdown could it throw a lifeline to Bidenomics to the debate? In other words. Biden's going to have something to blame this on. It's going to be the GOP. Wally, what do you think to that point? Do, are we giving Biden fire to be able to blame it back on the GOP with this? Yes or no? Yes, but he's going to do it anyway. No matter what happens here, it's going to be blamed on the GOP. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Steve, you differ or you agree? No, I agree. I think that, um, you know, however this goes through, um, uh, it's it's going to always be the the conservatives fault they are obstructionists obstructing obstructing what america needs to go forward and in the left's viewpoint that is to fund the ukraine war and that's just a big money laundering operation and much of that money comes back into the pockets of those in favor of it yeah all right so so you think then that uh, uh so does that mean well based on what you just said uh, well, uh, well, let me ask you that question, Wally. Follow that up. So, based on what we just said, is it better than that? Uh, should they do a continued resolution and fund the government? Or are you in the are you in the mindset that uh, shutting the government down is a good idea right now? If I were in the Senate, I would say we're shutting the government down. We're open to open, opening it back up piece by piece, but that we will never support a continuing resolution again. Hmm, very good. Wow, very interesting. See, you you support that, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, who has set a great precedent for us is Tommy Tuberville, uh, you know, withholding um, things in our government. He's just standing firm. And that's I think where we need to be. We have to say enough's enough. And we we should have said this a long time ago. Right. Because they're not ruling on principle anymore, Steve. They're not ruling on constitutional matters anymore. There's no principle involved. It's all BS. Right. That is it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it supports the globalist movement. It's hard to find anybody stand on principle today. And that's what the Tuberville conversation was. And that's with the idea, you know, the fight friends where he was holding back the the, the military um, uh, because of the abortion thing in the Senate. Uh, So, well, you make it a law. You stand on principle here, but don't just, you know, uh, you know, do graffiti. Probably that's the way I'd say it. Uh, those are my words, but everything, n- nothing's hard written anymore in the Constitution. It's all graffiti. They all just do whatever way the political winds blow and uh, they make shit up as they go. And then this is what we end up with is a, a nothing thing. And we're, they're destroying the Republic is what they're doing moment by moment, day by day, uh, hour by hour. They're destroying all of it. All right. 
So the government shutdown, I've covered that pretty well. I, I've spoke to, uh, again, uh, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan in the last couple of weeks about this. Uh, they all say publicly they don't really want to do it. But I've told them, you know, we do support that it is time to take a stand and do something because this continued resolution never fixes anything. It never does anything. These people are, they just take any scapegoat they can to just spend more money. And they're intoxicated on money and power is what they were. They're high. They're intoxicated and on a drug overdose of money and power. And these people are addicts. They'll do anything they can. They'll promise it. It's like going to Steve Wally. It's like, it's like an addict. It's like going to say, I just need another hit. I just need another hit right here, right here, right here. Give me another hit, please. You know, I mean, that's, isn't that what it is? It's a great analogy. The more they get, the more they want. They will never be satisfied with the power they have and with the money they have. We got to shut the druggie off. Got to shut him. Right, Wally? Let me throw a number at you, Malcolm. We go every single hour another $400 million in the hole. That's not $400 million being spent every hour by the federal government. That's $400 million more than the federal government has that it spends every single hour. $400 million. Stop thinking about government for a minute and think about how big of a company that would be if it were $400 million a year. They're spending that much of our money that they don't have every single hour. This is worse than a drug addict. Yeah. Well, this, is, this, is, so this is a drug addict with a, he's got a fire hose bringing the cocaine. They're in on a death house. sentence. They're on a death sentence for sure, Wally, uh, to your point. I, I can't argue with you there. Uh, they have, um, they have uh, disrespected and they have abused the trust of the American people when it comes to this conversation. It's terrible. If this is the best they can do, uh, it is time to take a stand. I unequivocally uh, support a absolute government shutdown. And frankly, my fellow Americans, I would like it to be an extended government shutdown. I'd, I'd say shut that sucker down until the next election, until we have another president in there. I absolutely support that. So if they don't get paid, well, too bad, so sad. Go find another job. You want to bring the 900 gorilla down to its knees? Uh, that's one way to do it right there. And lastly, this impeachment inquiry, in the moments I've left, I just want to tell you here, it's an absolute joke. Uh, watch some of the stuff this morning going off. And of course, they have all the stooges up there and the Democrats have put other people on the stage like this, Michael Gerthart and uh, University of North Carolina law professor saying it's all wrong. You're not doing it right. Blah, 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 blah. All the rules. So they want the Republicans to play by the rules of engagement now of decorum. This is how you're supposed to do it. This is why you're supposed to do impeachment. This is what the Constitution says. This is why you shouldn't do it, because we're making it very normal. But of course, all those rules were off the page when piss-ass Pelosi was sinking Trump all those times and uh, doing what they were doing to the Republicans. That was perfectly legitimate. But now it's not legitimate anymore. Now we have to play by rules or some sort of decorum. I'm sort of over it. I say impeach him is what I would say. What do you say, Steve? Uh, that's the first start. Yeah, impeach him and then prosecute him because uh, his activities go beyond just the normal criminal stuff. I mean, th this is selling out our entire nation, destroying our nation. I think the consequences should be much higher. And I think we should just say knock off the nonsense. I mean, we're having inquiries about having inquiries and yeah. we're never going to get there, you know, so. It's, well, it's well they didn't play by the rules at all, the left. I mean, they. but I hate it when they do that. When the when the game has changed, they always want to come back to the rules, Wally. Once they've thrown the rules out the window and abused them all. Oh, what about those rules again? Huh? 
The rules only exist to the degree they, they can be used as political weapons against the political right. That's all the rules are for to the left. They don't believe in rules. Yeah, they don't believe in right. rules. And there's no expectation that they'll follow the rules. So the rules are just a weapon. And the interesting thing about the indictments right. here is that it's a mirror. It's, it's the exact opposite of the Trump indictments. Trump's not guilty of anything. So all they have are smoke and mirrors to give us there. Biden's guilty of everything. So they have to throw us smoke and mirrors to try to deflect from it. These two cases are, are the literal mirror opposite mm -hmm. of one another. Yeah, that's well, what strikes me. Yeah, well, it does. It's a good. It's a good thing that it strikes you. And even more than that, everything they talk about and do is the direct polarized opposite of what they profess. It's all garbage. Uh, their entire language. They have a dictionary. Uh, the Marxist left uh, Democrat Communist Party has a dictionary. It's called the dumbass dictionary. And everything is changed. Black is white. White is black. Day is night. Night is day. Right. I mean, come on. You know, God is Satan. Satan is God. I mean, they, everything is backwards in the world these people live in. But friends, that is a communist takeover is what that is. This is the book the communists play with. This is how they do it. And they've been working at this for a long time. This didn't happen yesterday. The conversations we're having now is, are a product that have come to us over the last many, many decades. It's been building here. And now I'm afraid the American people uh, that uh, I hate to report to you, but this frog is so hot. Uh, we are now feeling it pretty bad. It's burning our intense intestines, in fact, at the moment. And uh, it, it, we, we're beyond the point of being able to jump out of the pot. Uh, you know what I'm saying here. You get me. That's kind of where we're at, which is why when we were talking moments ago about this uh, revolutionary moment or, you know, the civil moment or whatever, that, that the point being the point is that um, the rules of the game are are changing rapidly, fast. Is it a game of chicken or is it a game of chess? The game of chicken is, are we headed towards that moment, you know, that disruption, that that blowout right there? I mean, you could put that equation both with the uh, the impeachment stuff, the debate, the election for sure, and the shutdown. It's all a game of chicken and chess, right? It's all a game of that. But again, if you have the cards with you and you have, you know, you have the right uh, uh, note of the American people and the confidence of that, well, then you go out and you play a game of chess that looks like a game of chicken, but you end up winning, hopefully, with the uh, support and the uh, love and respect of the American people. That's what we have to hope for here. Uh, frankly, we're in a whole new world here. This is a multi-level game of chess that looks like a game of chicken the most, but they are trying to outsmart us. This, this is going to be a real uh, metaphor I'm going to use quite a bit because I think it is a really a game of chicken and chess here that's being played out in the uh, public square. And uh, we're going to see who's going to blink first, either good or evil. Something's going to blink first, friends. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>